This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson. Hope this Tuesday finds you well as the Saints are off today getting ready for their week three opponent, which is the Atlanta Falcons. Big NFC South showdown on Monday Night Football. Also the 10-year anniversary of the Saints coming back to the Superdome after Hurricane Katrina. So a very big week for both teams indeed as week two also wrapped up last night in Chicago. Bears fell to the Philadelphia Eagles, 29-14. Eagles improved to 2-0. Carson Wentz uh, looking pretty good as a rookie quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, leading them to a 2-0 record. Doug Peterson doing a nice job through two games as the Eagles' new head coach. As we put a bow on Week 2 last night, time to look forward to Week 3, as I mentioned. We'll also look forward to Week 3 fantasy football purposes, as we'll have Jake Seeley on from RotoExperts.com, part of our fantasy focus, presented by Campbell Soup. I hope your fantasy teams did well. I went one and one, had a big week. Uh, a lot of it relies on Monday Night Football sometimes, which I don't like, but it did last night. And uh, thank you to Ryan Matthews for helping me get over the top. I know you don't want to hear about my fantasy team, but hope yours are doing well. If not, we'll have Jake Seeley to help you. If they are, we'll still have Jake Seeley to help you as he'll give us some tips for week three. He'll also give you some strategies on Monday Night Football. I know sometimes that's tough when you have injuries or things like that. You don't know who to start, and one of your guys is Monday Night Football. It gets a little tricky because then if they don't play on Monday Night Football, you lose those points. So I'll have Jake give us some advice on how to deal with that and who, which Saints players you should play on Monday Night Football against the Atlanta Falcons. Also, can you believe that basketball season is basically here? Friday is media day for the Pelicans. They started early because of their trip to China, and then they'll start training camp on Saturday the 24th. And then next Saturday, preseason game number one in Bossier City, where they'll take on the Dallas Mavericks. So, man, I can't believe basketball season is about to be here. Football season's already here. And the campus of the Pelicans and the Saints are very busy right now, but it's a good busy. And we look forward to both teams being in action in the next couple weeks. So we'll have Jake Sealing on from RotoExperts.com. Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. You know he normally comes on every Tuesday. Uh, during basketball season. So we'll start that tradition again today, and he'll continue throughout the rest of the season. So lots to get to on this Monday. We'll also uh, talk about the new Saints documentary that will come out on Saturday at 5 and 10.30 p.m. on Fox 8 here locally. Also, some more affiliates around the Gulf Coast, but it's a documentary about the Saints uh, coming home after Katrina, the first game uh, against the Falcons 10 years ago. The Saints are coming. We'll have a tidbit from Mike Tirico kind of tease you for Saturday's debut. That'll be in our last segment. But let's get started right now. When we come back, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com gives us some fantasy advice. This is the Black and Blue Report. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. 
Hey fans, on Saturday, October 1st, cheer on your Pelicans as they play their first preseason game of the season against the Dallas Mavericks at the Century League Center in Bossier City. Ticket prices start at just $15 and can be purchased from the Century Link Center box office, www.ticketmaster.com, by phone at 800-745-3000 or at any authorized Ticketmaster outlet. For more, be sure to visit shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. The Pelican Shop by Adidas has all your Pelicans merchandise needs, including officially licensed men's, women's, and children's apparel, jerseys from all your favorite Pelicans players, and more. Plus, it's the official location to pick up the newly released Pelicans Mardi Gras uniform. The Pelican Shop by Adidas, located on Dave Dixon Drive in the Smoothie King Center, is open at all Pelicans home games, plus Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. till 5 p.m., on Saturday from 11 a.m. till 3 p.m., and anytime at pelicans.com. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show, as we always do on Tuesday. It's time now for our Fantasy Focus, presented by Campbell's Soup. And joining me now is Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. Jake, hope this Tuesday finds you well and hope your fantasy teams are doing just fine. Uh, yeah, actually, 13-1 and one this week, and I avoided the entire mess of what was this week. Like, I, I'm, I'm looking around me right now to knock on some wood because I, I can't believe I actually just said that. Yeah, yeah, the, the, we'll have to see about that going into next week, but uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. I do want to talk about some of the players that uh, have not started off too well in their first two weeks. I'm sure fantasy owners are not really too happy with Russell Wilson or Todd Gurley. Um, how much concern should – fantasy players have with those two guys and uh, what can they do about it? Uh, I think you have to have some with Russell Wilson, but his is injury related. And this is something we've seen Ben Roethlisberger try to play through injuries before actually a severe ankle sprain a few years ago. And it wasn't very good. And that's the concern that you have to have with Russell Wilson is that if he's going to be playing through this the entire year, it's going to be a nagging injury and he's not going to be a hundred percent. And you take away some of that rushing ability from a fantasy perspective, that's going to hurt him. You know, the first two games, don't look terrific passing, but I think those numbers will be better. It's more so are you going to get those extra three, four, five hundred 500 rushing yards, which if you don't, then we're not talking about a top five quarterback from Russell Wilson. That's the real downfall of this. So there's a the concern there. There's only mild because he still looks like I, it, it, this is just an estimation, just watching the game, obviously, but you know, he still looked like he was 90% of himself. So maybe hopefully a, a good week's of rest can get him back into the fold. The bigger concern though, in my opinion, is Todd Gurley. No question about it. Just because, that office is really struggling. The offensive line isn't doing him any favors. They have a great matchup this week, so hopefully he can get a good game under his belt. But I looked at the schedule for the rest of the season, and I say it's about 50-50 of tough matchups where you have teams like the Jets, and now the Giants' front four is looking dominant. Uh, and then there's other defenses that we knew were going to be good that he faces. And then he has some ones where you say, okay, that's a nice matchup. And he should be able to do well about them. But if it's not a nice matchup, I don't know that we're going to get RB1 value out of him. So if I'm a Todd Gurley owner, this is what I've been telling everybody. If he puts up a big game this week, sell high immediately because I just think it's going to be a big roller coaster ride for this year. All right, good point there. Um, let's talk about some guys that maybe have impressed you throughout two weeks, some guys that shine that – Either you expected to shine or maybe you didn't expect to shine. Uh, who's impressed you so far through two weeks? Uh, well, first off the top, you know my boy C.J. Anderson. Uh, I'm so excited yes. that he's putting a good year together. But I kind of expected that a little bit, not to this degree yet, but you know, it, it's looking really good so far. But I think at running back to stick with that has been Melvin Gordon. You look at what he's been doing through the first two games. He looks quick. He looks more decisive. Obviously, the offseason he spent with Adrian Peterson, if that's what we want to attribute to, or maybe it's something else, maybe it's a combination of factors, including that 
He looks like a new running back compared to what we saw from last year. I love what we've seen so far. And at wide receiver, I got to say it's Kelvin Benjamin because a lot of the non not the, the non favorable talk, I guess you would say, against him was the fact that we weren't going to see him get the same amount of targets he did as a rookie. And he's looking like he's going to be right on pace for that again. He's the most used weapon. He comes back. He looks 100% despite the missed year. Uh, I, I actually said – the bold prediction I had for him is going to, he's going to go catch double digit touchdowns. And that actually might be a little bit of an understatement at this point. He's already got three through the first two games. So I have to love him. And then uh, to go home with the Saints here, Willie Sneed has looked great through the first two games, looking like last year was not any type of fluke or he's not as talented as what we saw last year. He's the real deal. I told everybody he was the real deal in the offseason, even for the people that didn't want to listen to, to that fact. And uh, he's looking at everything like that. He's going to be putting together one of the best one-two combinations in the league with the Saints. Yeah, I have C.J. Anderson on one of my teams, and I remember last year you got a lot of flack for maybe picking him number <laughs> one, but I, I, kept, I had the faith in you, Jake, and I kept him this year. I drafted him, and he's been doing great so far. Actually, I have Melvin Gordon, too. Are you cons- uh, Melvin Gordon, I don't think, had a touchdown last year, and now he already has three. Um, do you think yep. there's a chance that there might be a slide with him, or now with the Danny Woodhead news that uh, this is Gordon's team and this is his chance to really shine this year? Yeah, unless he gets hurt, is this his team at this point and you know they don't really have really I I wouldn't even say considerable options behind them where I see him getting anything less than 80 percent of the workload or uh, as you get Andre Williams who was cast off from the Giants and then I can't even think of the other guy's name off the top of my head that they have back there so this is somebody similar to like Jeremy Lankford where he's in there for 90 percent of the snaps and David Johnson who's out there unless they're running away with a game like they did this past week who was in there 90 percent of the snaps in week one that's going to be Melvin Gordon. So as long as he doesn't get hurt, I actually think we're talking about a top 10 running back at this point. Wow. Unbelievable there. Um, You talked about uh, it was a grueling week for a lot of fantasy players with some of the injuries that happened. Uh, We just heard, uh, we heard yesterday about Danny Woodhead. Um, You have Adrian Peterson, which running back uh, also have Jonathan Stewart as well. I can go down probably a whole list, but which running backs injuries will have the most impact on fantasy teams. And uh, what can we do about it as far as maybe replacing those guys? Well, the big one, obviously, the, the Melvin Gordon one is significant, but the Adrian Peterson one, I would have to, I'd say that's the top of the list for most significance because you're taking out an RB1. You're taking out somebody who was drafted in round one or two this year. So anytime you take out a running back like that, you're going to have significant impact. You know, we still have to wait to see the full news on him, but it sounds like he's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks. Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata. I don't want people to just write off Asiata as we saw in the game this past week. He saw a lot of work down the end of the game. And that offensive line, speaking of offensive lines, not doing favors. That, that Vikings offensive line isn't doing any favors so far. We saw how many times Bradford was getting hit. But I don't know this is necessarily as much upside and explosiveness as McKinnon has. I don't know this is necessarily going to not be a timeshare. So I would temper your expectations a little bit. And if you miss out on McKinnon, go grab Asiata. There's a lot of value to be had on this team with what the Vikings look like they're putting together with Sam Bradford at quarterback. As for the rest of them, Carolina – Probably a committee. You could go after Fozzie Whitaker and PPR, but I know Cameron Artis Payne got touches last year, probably will again this season. The big one, though, if you want to talk about, and we're still waiting to find out, but if Doug Martin is out for a significant amount of time, Charles Sims becomes an RB1. So if you want to talk about just pure the option behind him being having the most fancy impact, that's the one that we need to look at. If Charles Sims somehow is not owned in your league, make sure you run to the waiver wire, prioritize him over everybody else. All right, good stuff there. Let's talk about you speaking of the waiver wire. Give us some waiver wire pickups for week number three. Yeah, the McKinnon, Asiata, Fozzie Whitaker. Yeah, Christian Michael is still sitting out there because Thomas Rawls is banged up again. He obviously obviously needs to be owned. 
the one that I'm going to throw out there because of what's going on with Detroit that people might not be looking at, you know, maybe you missed out on the guys, maybe your waiver priority isn't that high, or you don't have a lot of budget that you want to spend yet. Uh, Dwayne Washington, if uh, Amir Abdul misses some time, Dwayne Washington could have some real nice value because they're not going to want Theo Riddick. He's not equipped to handle the ball 20 times per game from the rushing side of things. So Dwayne Washington could see some values that, you know, you missed out on everybody else. So go ahead and grab him. Obviously, Jay Ajayi and Kenyon Drake in Miami. So a lot of running backs out there. But on the waiver wire side for receivers, I think Chris Hogan, even though that we likely see Jacoby Brissett at quarterback this week, I think that Hogan has some nice value, especially if you want to just wait a week or two until Tom Brady comes back. He's looking like a real nice second option for that team. Obviously, if you didn't get Tyrell Williams or he's still sitting out there, he looks to be the one that's going to take the advantage of Keenan Allen being out. And then Victor Cruz for the Giants. They run a ton of wide receiver threats. Oh, actually, Seth, every single time that they had the wide receivers out there for a passing play in week one, it was 30 of 30. All three wide receivers are out there. It was almost that number again in week two. So for all the people concerned, like, well, there's three of them. It looks like all three of them are going to have value every single week. So Victor Cruz, great story to have him back and seeing him on the field. He's, it's a feel-good story, too, to have him on your team. Absolutely. All right. So Saints and Falcons now on Monday night for uh, Saints fans here that also have Saints players or Falcons players in their fantasy lineup. I know sometimes it's tough trying to set your lineup when you have some Monday night players. Is there any sort of strategy that you use? Is there any advice you can give us on maybe how to set your lineup for Monday night's game? Because you have to wait whether it's injury or depth chart or touches. How do you go about setting your lineup knowing that you have players on a Monday night game? The Monday night game, I pretty much treat exactly as normal for my best player starting, unless it does come. The only thing that I'll change is if it comes down to injuries, as you just mentioned, because the biggest thing that I say is, and it was similar to what we just saw this past week. Yes, Demarius Thomas had a really nice game, but if it rolls around to four o'clock or the Sunday night game, or in this case, as you mentioned, it's the Monday night game, it's the very last game of the week. If there's anybody that has an injury status and they're questionable and you don't have a backup plan at all, you just can't risk that zero. That, that's the biggest thing is, you can't risk getting a zero without somebody on your bench to plug in and replace them. And then the key thing here is too, I'll add on to this is if you have one of those situations, make sure you always, always leave your flex spot open. Don't ever start somebody in your flex spot. If you potentially have an injury situation, because now you just lost that flexibility. Like, like let's say if running back is questionable for this week, don't put him in your flex spot, start him at running back. So if your running back doesn't play, you can pick up a wide receiver in that Monday night game. If that's all that's available in the waiver wire, it gives you more options. But as for the game itself, I'm still going to start my best players. The only difference is if you come down to Monday night and you know, you need five points, you start your best player. If you need 10, 12, 14, well, that's when you start thinking, well, I'll shoot for the moon here and I'll go with the high risk, high reward type of play. Uh, but that's kind of more of like the last second swap out move. All right, so we mentioned Saints and Falcons on Monday night. Um, some Saints guys playing really well, as you mentioned, Willie Sneed. I know the offense didn't do too much against the Giants um, on Sunday, but who is a must-start if you have some New Orleans Saints on your fantasy team? Uh, Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, Brandon <laughs> Cooks, Willie Sneed, all of them. Uh, all four of them must-starts. Uh, the thing is, is, if you look at what the Falcons just gave up, to the Derek Carr and the Raiders, 299 passing yards, three touchdowns. They let both running backs combine for over seven yards per carry. Even though they didn't get a lot of touches, they still dominate in that fashion. So this is a game where you want everybody out there. I expect a big bounce back game from Mark Ingram this week. Actually, he's one of my favorite buy low candidates right now because it's just the snaps haven't been there. And I think that changes this week. I like all of them. If you're in a deeper league, I think Michael Thomas deserves to be in your lineup. He has 56 and 58 yards in the first two games. And this is, I know I said last week that the Giants should be able to take, or Fleener should be able to take care of the Giants matchup to say that the correct way, but 
I actually think this is a better situation because the Giants' defense is actually looking like they're uh, they changed a lot. That money was well spent, but if you look at the situation for Fleener this week, and again to go back to the matchup for the Falcons, so far they've allowed three touchdowns to tight ends already through two games. So this could be Fleener's breakout game. Uh, there's a little bit of concern there, but if you're looking for the upside of one that you finally break through this year and get on track, this is the game. All right, we'll have to see how that plays out. That's Jake Seeley from MotorExports.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Campbell Soup. Jake, appreciate the vice as always, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good luck this week. I appreciate it. All right, when we come back, we'll talk Pelicans with Jim Eikenhofer. This is the Black and Blue Report. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead. Even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Well, Tuesdays haven't been the same since basketball season ended, but now um, all is well in the world. As uh, our Tuesday conversation with Jim Eikenhofer begins today and continues throughout the season as training camp is approaching on Saturday, September 24th. I welcome back in Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com and his normal chair in our normal spot here Jim and uh, it's nice to be talking Pelicans basketball uh, from here on out it was some of the longest five months of my life of not having Tuesdays here in the studio or from on location so I'm so excited to be back in my weekly slot on the black and blue report and I can't wait to uh, be here every Tuesday for the next uh however many months we have of a basketball season. Can't wait. And I know we didn't do a, a segment every Tuesday when the season was over. It didn't mean you had to ignore me for the last five months. I thought we were closer than that, but I guess now this is the only uh, way we can talk to each other is through a black and blue report I segment. Mean, that was just a, that was just circumstances. I mean, I feel like our, our schedules really never synced up. It was, you know, just one of those things where we never could, I could never, you know, every time I tried to track you down, you were busy. And so, you know, it just didn't work out. So here we are five, five months later, um, I hope you had a good off season. I know it's been a long time since I've had any conversation with you, but it's it's good to see you again. 
Yeah, when you're off buying more chateaus and more big mansions, it's just it gets in your way. <laughs> do we do we have any more to add? So when we uh, are calling you from undisclosed locations, it's I'm sure it's another chateau or something. No, I'm I've actually tried to kind of tighten the budget a little bit this summer. Oh, that's nice. Um, haven't added any any huge new properties to my um to my um re- repertoire this year. So, but we'll see. There, there's always uh, opportunities that could uh, come up during the, the foreseeable future. All right, let's focus on some basketball. Pelicans 13-52 last year. Lots of injuries. Uh, led the league in injuries. Um, defense was uh, almost last as far as rankings are concerned. Offense, eh, not so great. Anthony Davis hurt at the end of the year. Drew Holiday hurt at the end of the year. I can go on forever. Mm-hmm. But heading into this training camp, where there are still some lingering injuries and Drew Holiday won't be available um, what are some things the Pelicans need to improve on or what the, what can they do to maybe exceed expectations this year? Well, I think you start with um, some of the things that you just mentioned. You, you never can predict injuries, but you would hope that – I know we've said this before that last year is as bad as it gets in terms of player availability. You hope from a, from a starting point that you're not dealing with as many um, across-the-roster injuries as you had last year. Um, I really think that there were a lot of reasons why it was impossible to be close to as successful as you thought you could be last year just based on that. If you set just that aside, I think that was you know the number one issue that they had. Um, also, you, you touched on defense. They were 28th in points given up per 100 possessions, according to NBA.com. Plug there. Um, <laughs> and um, I think that's one area where I think they can get better. I mean – Certainly the injuries affected that as well, and they probably wouldn't have been the third-worst defensive team in the league if they had a semblance of health. But I think the combination of, of you know, hopefully being healthier and they've added some guys that, that I think will just allow them to stop the ball better, be able to keep guys under control, um, I think it's very realistic to think that they could make a big jump defensively. Um, they were 16th in offensive efficiency last year. Um, lost a couple guys that were very productive scorers, but I think collectively, you know, there's a, there's a pretty good chance that you could be a, a decent offensive team this year. Um, it's going to just have to be more of a of a group effort this year, I think, than than maybe what you thought it would be going into last season. I probably should have asked this before I even asked you that question. What are expectations for this year? It might be hard to answer at this point, but at thirty fifty two and a lot of injuries. And now you have some new faces to this team from free agency through the draft. What can you say are the expectations right now, or is it way too early to even have those conversations? I think it's a really good question, and I'm I'm really curious to listen on Friday when media day arrives, as well as the first few days of practices of what, because that question is going to come up, I'm sure, for the players and the and the coaches. You know, what exactly are your goals this year? What are your expectations? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if if a lot of people say that they're not setting any specific goal or expectations this year, which I think in some ways is smart because last year, um, after coming off a year where you made the playoffs, I think sometimes you can get a little ahead of yourselves if you start to you know, say, like, okay, we want to do this, we want to do that, we want to make the second round of the playoffs or whatever. So, But I think with the number, the, just the wide-ranging number of questions that are surrounding the team this year going into the season, I think – I don't really know exactly what what expectations are. I mean, I can tell you what we could get into, like what outside expectations are, but as, as, as term, in terms of like national media and stuff like that and predictions. But 
internally i'm not sure really right now if we if we know exactly what the what the goals are and the expectations are point guard situation uh will be interesting heading into training camp heading into the regular season drew holiday out indefinitely um with his wife um having a brain tumor and also pregnant right now we wish them all the best um we're not sure when drew's going to come back i would think at the earliest it would be january but that's just me guesstimating right now so don't take my word for it but either way, Drew Holiday will not start the season with the team. So let's talk about this point guard situation. What do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is going to take the reins? And um, who else? I know we're talking about maybe Tim Frazier, but who mm -hmm. else can maybe jump into that point guard position? Not for a lot of minutes, but even just to help out a little bit. Sure. It, it's interesting because I think Tim Frazier realistically is the one guy that you can say he's a point guard. That's what his role is. That's what he does. That's what he's done his whole career. He has a ton of experience playing that position, uh, both in the NBA and also the D League, and you know was a really good college player playing that spot. Um, some of the other guys like Etuan Moore and Langston Galloway, who are new guys that are here, have played kind of switch back and forth between point guard and shooting guard. Um, so I mean, those guys are options as well at that position. So um, it, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what how they handle it, but. I mean, from from my standpoint, I would say that you know, most likely Tim Frazier has a chance to to um, you know have a pretty prominent role be, just because of some of the stuff that he did at the end of last season, and just the fact that he he really is a a, a pure point guard. Whereas, I think a couple of these other guys have in the their NBA career have played some there, but I don't think they've ever been handed an offense and said, okay, thirty thirty five minutes a game, you're going to run an offense and be the point guard. So. It, it'll definitely be one of the questions that, that people will um, will wonder about during training camp this year. Of course, Anthony Davis is the face of the franchise. Um, he will be coming back from injury as well as he had surgery this off season. What's the next step for him? What are expectations for him? I mean, he's had all-star years the past few years, chance to do it again here in New Orleans, but how does Anthony make that next leap and the next step and also helping this team get back to the playoffs? I think there's a few things that stand out, and I, I don't know if, it, you know, especially for people who don't watch the team every game or don't follow the team that, that often, people always look at stats to try to measure everything. Um, the one thing, though, that I think is, is, is kind of obvious with him is I think one of the big steps forward for him is just being available more and not missing games. Obviously, some of his injuries is bad luck, and there's not much you can do to control some of it, but I mean, that to me that's going to be one of the determining factors of how good of a year he has is is can he play 70 75 games this year which which would be a huge help and obviously something that is very key in terms of the team's success um another thing too is um i think the ability for him to to improve as a passer is important and i think the um i think one of the things that's going to be interesting to watch is the way guys play off of him this year um Really, you're looking at a completely different cast in terms of the guys that are surrounding him. The last few years, you had, um, you know, a, a, guy, a lot of guys that that uh, are big scorers and ha are kind of high volume guys. Whereas the group of guys now is really more role players. So how is that all going to gel together? As far as, especially now that you don't have Drew Holiday at the beginning of the season, you have one guy in Anthony Davis who you you know without a doubt that other teams are going to focus on him. And then you you have other guys that haven't ever really averaged 15, 20 points a game that are going to be surrounding him. Um, so how is that all going to work out? Um, I think he there's a couple ways that I think he he makes guys better. 
and one of them is you know that he draws a lot of defensive attention. Um, but I think he can he he definitely can improve as a passer and keep making strides in that category. He's going to have so much defensive um, attention on him this year. So I want to see the way that some of the other guys um, take advantage of that and capitalize on that. I don't think that the players around him have always done a great job of of saying like, okay, we know that AD is going to get double teamed, even triple teamed sometimes. I'm going to have a lot more open shots and and um, shoot a high percentage, be efficient, stuff like that. Like I think that's what you want to see from some of the new players that are here um, to improve upon what's been done in in the recent past with the because the group, like I said, the main group of guys around AD this year is going to be f- far different from what you've seen in the previous three years since um, kind of that core was put together. Some training camp guys we'll have to keep an eye out on is to go along with AD during the preseason. You have Robert Sacre, uh, Sean Dawson, Chris Copeland, Lance Stevenson. Um, what can we expect from those guys? What do we? What do you know about those guys? Some of them are NBA vets. Some of them are not. Um, what are their realistic chances of making the team? That might not be a fair question right now, but what should we know about those four training camp invites? I think you know, that question comes up a lot from people in terms of, you know, it's pretty common knowledge that there's basically 15 guys that are under contract and you can only keep 15 guys on a roster. So what's the point of, of bringing in, you know, three or four or five other um, guys to training camp? Um, but I think as we've seen, unfortunately here the last couple of years is that injuries come up. So there's a lot of things that are unpredictable in terms of going into the season. Um, I remember um, last year, there were a couple guys that could have made the roster on opening night, but, but the Pelicans needed point guards. So they, a couple guys got cut that you, you thought maybe would have made it. There's always stuff that like that, that happens that you can't really predict. Um, as far as the collection of guys that have been brought in, um, I think the one thing that's important to, to remember about some of these guys is that at some time or place, the Pelicans have had interest in these players through, through other, you know, when they were on other teams or, maybe even going back to when they were coming out in the draft. For example, you know, I talked to Chris Copeland briefly um, the other day, and he was saying that he's actually thought he was headed here maybe two or three other times in his career, whether it was during um, free agency in previous summers or whether it was a trade rumor that he heard about from one of the of, of the teams that he, he's played for the Knicks and the Pacers previous to here. Um, so, you know, he knew that, this is a team that has had interest in him for going back a few years. And I think that's also the case with some of the other guys is that they're players that um, Robert Sacre worked out for the Pelicans a few years ago. Um, they could have drafted him. You know, the opportunity wasn't there. So I think for a lot of these guys, they've had New Orleans in their head as a possible destination. And it just so happened that now the opportunity was there for them to sign here. So I think to, to kind of summarize, um, that usually accounts for the interest that, that, that a team has to bring in a guy partly um, that where there might not be a, an easy path to a roster spot, but I do think that a lot of times teams want to look at a guy because they've, they've been scouting them and been kind of evaluating them for, for years in the, in the past. All right, those are guys that we'll certainly keep an eye out for um, during these next couple of weeks leading up to game number one on Friday or Saturday, October 1st in Shreveport against the Dallas Mavericks. Jim, we'll continue our conversation next Tuesday. I look forward to uh, seeing you at Media Day. Look forward to the season finally here, and um, let's get it going. Can't wait. I'm excited to uh, get started. I'm excited to 
start back at zero and zero and, and get the season going. Yep, everyone starts at zero and zero, and uh, we'll see the Pelicans in action again next Friday, October 1st. Next Saturday, I keep saying Friday. Saturday, October 1st against the Dallas Mavericks. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. All right, good show on this Tuesday. Big thanks to Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com and Jim Eikenhofer from pelicans.com. Sean Kelly and myself are off to Secaucus, New Jersey for NBA broadcast meetings today and tomorrow, um, which means Wednesday and Thursday, you'll have Cassie and Bree as your host for the Black and Blue Report as they'll continue to get you ready for Monday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. We'll also have some uh, Saints interviews, some Pelicans interviews. You'll hear from uh, Jonathan Vilma this week as well. Cassie caught up with him. And plenty more as we get you ready for Saints and Falcons and also get you ready for Media Day. We'll have some Pelicans players for you on Friday as Media Day starts, and which means the season starts for the Pelicans. All right, as I mentioned, the Saints are coming. A documentary produced by the New Orleans Saints digital media team will debut on Saturday, 5 o'clock and 10.30 on Fox 8 here locally. It'll also be on a few affiliates. We'll get you that list throughout the week. But it basically talks about the days and everything leading up to the Saints coming back home after Hurricane Katrina. So you don't want to miss it. Um, Lots of people in this documentary giving their take on the Saints coming back after Katrina. One of those, the guy calling the Monday Night Football game for ESPN that night, Mike Tirico. I think if you're uh, on the outside looking in, you don't know the spirit of the place and the spirit of the people. More importantly, I think you should have had doubts. There were so many more things more important than an athletic facility at that point to reconstruct, rebuild. I mean, there was real lives and homes and people who had gone to Baton Rouge or to Houston. You need to get those people back in town and give them a place and a chance. So uh, sports sometimes can be seen as the toy shop, or superfluous and and when you think about finances and restoring the world for people uh, a sporting venue was way down the common sense track 
And maybe at that point, it was not thought of, of the economic, emotional, and in some ways political signal that a refurbished, rebuilt dome could send to the rest of the world about New Orleans. So again, 5 and 10.30 on Saturday, and also when the show is over at 11.30, 1 p.m. Central Time, you can watch it. No appointment documentary on NewOrleansSaints.com, so you don't want to miss it. It'll kind of get you ready to go for Monday's game against the Falcons. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Again, thanks to Jake Seeley, Jim Meikenhofer, Sean Kelly, myself, off to New Jersey. We'll talk to you back on Friday for Pelicans Media Day. Cassie and Bree will hold it down for you these next couple of days. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.